0: So, if I were to ask you, who is the greatest teacher that ever lived, what would you say? Okay, a little slow on that. Uh, who, who would you say? Jesus, of course. Of course we would. Uh, that's expected of us, but if you ask the same question of, of non-believers, they would probably say that Jesus is in there as well. Now, maybe not the greatest, but they would certainly rank him as a great teacher. It's a consensus that Jesus had great wisdom. And as we look at our scripture for today, this is not just something that that we've come up with 2,000 years later, but at the time that Jesus was teaching, people said the same thing. When he had finished saying these things, the words that we just heard, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because, why? He taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. He was different. There was something about this Jesus character that made him stand out. He taught with authority. What he said made sense. You could build your life on it. Now, we understand that the words for today are at the conclusion of the greatest teaching of all time. The Sermon on the Mount. You can go through that and you can read again the Beatitudes. How to build your life. How to be blessed. If you follow these things, you'll have a blessed life. We have the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You are to be salt and light. Jesus goes through the Ten Commandments and expounds on them. He explains them. And then he finishes it all off with this great little story about building a house. Now, of course, it's not about a house, is it? It's about building a life. How do you build a life that is going to last forever? And I mean forever. Not just for the 70, 80, 90, 100 years, hopefully we get here. Although some of you hope it doesn't last nearly that long. (laughs) But forever. How do you build a life for you and your family that will last Forever, So he tells this simple little parable about two builders. Now, you can picture it in your own mind. Think modern day times. And you probably would think about a subdivision, two houses right next to each other that look nearly identical. So let's say a chimney. Let's say three bedrooms. Let's say a nice manicured yard. Let's say that it has the same construction, the same siding, the same roofing materials. They look exactly the same, except for one very important thing, and that is the foundation. You can't really tell anything about that foundation until the storms of life come. That is when you see what a house is really made of. So I would suggest to you that it would be better to build a log cabin on a rock than to build a mansion in a swamp. It's not how you build. It is where you build that is important. So the point that Jesus is trying to make is that, first of all, we need to understand that storms are inevitable. Raise your hand if that is true. Are storms in life You've had them. What are they? He's talking about problems. Raise your hand if you have problems. Anybody have problems? Yeah, we all have problems. Raise your hand if your problem is the person sitting next to you. Oh, no, don't go there. Right. Now, it could be. I don't know. See, I'm I'm clear up here. I'm good. We've got problems. We have pressure. And it comes from everywhere, doesn't it? From above, from below, from all around us, from the people we live with, from our job, from finances, from health. There is pressure and there are problems everywhere. Now here's the point that Jesus makes. Everybody has problems. The just and the unjust. Believers and unbelievers. Faithful and unfaithful. Christians and non-Christians. Good and evil. Everyone has problems. And so, he says, the rains of adversity fall on the just and the unjust. The floods of misery rise against the just and the unjust. The winds of trouble blow against the just and the unjust. And isn't this true? If you just think geographically in our country, there is nowhere in our country, there's nowhere in the world you can go where there are not weather problems or problems of some kind out in the west wildfires, earthquakes. In the south, there are tornadoes. In the north, there are floods. In the east, there are hurricanes. There are storms everywhere. Even in San Diego, it rains occasionally. There's nowhere you can go, and Jesus is saying, there's nowhere on earth, there's nowhere in life where there will not be problems. And so, you can't really tell about someone's life. You cannot tell about the foundation until the storm hits. And when it does, that's when you'll know the quality of the foundation. As you saw in the illustration that Laura did for our kids today, if your foundation is built on worldly things, it's built on the sand, When the trouble comes, your life collapses. But when it's built on the rock of Jesus Christ, then you can withstand whatever calamity of life comes to you. So get ready. The storms can hurt you if you're not prepared. Jesus said, Everyone who hears these words of mine... And does not put them into practice. Is like that foolish man. Who built his house on the sand. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew. And beat against that house. And it fell. With a great crash. Now. oftentimes When we read this. We miss the point. We think. Okay. These are worldly people. These are. Foolish people, and indeed they are foolish. But notice what it says. The people who hear these words of mine, not everyone out there is hearing the words of Jesus. So, who is Jesus talking about? Those who hear the word, those who come to church, those who are following along on the sermon this morning. They may even be taking notes. They may be reading the Bible at home. They know the word, but they aren't putting it into practice. It's like the person who goes to the movie and enjoys the movie, loves the movie, thinks it's a great movie, but then forgets all about it. So many people are are coming and they are hearing but they are not putting the words into practice. It's like the man who is driving around out in the country, and he comes around a curve. It's been raining extremely hard, cats and dogs, and now it has quit, and he comes around the curve, and he sees this farmer, and he's standing by his barn, which is collapsed. It's sitting there in ruins. So the man stops, and he asks, So what happened? He said, Well, uh, the roof fell in. Well, really, well, why, why didn't you fix it? <laughs> he said, well, you know, um, it kind of happened over time. And when, when the weather was good, it didn't look like it needed to be fixed. And then when it was raining, it was too wet to work on it. And so over time, it just rotted and collapsed. So many people are like that farmer. They know that they have issues in their life. They know that they have these things that they need to correct. They have heard the Word of God. They know what it says, and yet they are not putting it into practice. And then when the calamities of life come, when the illness comes, when the relationship breakup comes, when the financial trouble comes, the roof collapses. Their foundation is built on sand. And so, my friends, it is not enough just to hear the Word of God. It's not even enough to believe the Word of God. We are to also live it as well. And so we have this other man where Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man. Who built his house on the rock? The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Both men heard, both men even believed, but only one trusted and obeyed. Have you ever uh, seen a skyscraper being built? Don't have a lot of those in McHenry County. But if you go downtown to Chicago, what do they do first? They dig a really deep hole, don't they? Yeah, before the cement, before the steel, before the infrastructure, they dig a really, really deep hole. They have to dig all the way down to the rock, to the solid rock, before they put in the cement, before they put in the steel. Before they build this structure and the deeper they dig, the higher the skyscraper can go. I mean, you can build a doghouse without a foundation at all, right? You can even build a house just on a slab of concrete. I've had one of those. (laughs) But if you want to build a skyscraper, if you want to build something that is going to reach to the sky, you have to have a really deep, and strong and sturdy foundation. So also for the people of God, the higher that you want to go, the more that you want to reach, the greater the foundation needs to be. That's why here at Emmanuel, we have Bible study, not just for the head, but also for the heart and for the hand to live out what we are doing. That's why we encourage you when we have a sermon study to not just hear the sermons but to dig into the Word and then to to live it out. We emphasize the same thing in our Sunday school and in our day school and in confirmation class. It's why we start when our children are small so that we can build this foundation throughout their entire life. And it's why when even as adults we don't say, you're done... You know it all, even if you do know it all, you need to continue to live it out. I want to close with a little story, and it's, it's a golf story. You don't have to be a golfer to appreciate this. Way back in 1999 in the British Open, and I thought of this because of the, the PGA Championship that was last weekend. There was an epic collapse of the one who was in, in, in front. All he needed to do was make a bogey on the last hole, and he wins the championship. But of course he didn't. Well, there was an even greater collapse in 1999. A Frenchman by the name of Jean Vandevelde. All he needed was a six on a par four. Now, let me put that in perspective. That is what we, what we call a double bogey in golf. He just needs to make six shots, two over par, and he wins the claret jug. He wins a wad of cash. He wins immortality in winning the British Open. Again, to put it in perspective, I can shoot a six on a par four. In (laughs) fact, I do. A lot. So, that's all he needs to do. Now, this is in Scotland, and the golf courses are a little different than they are here in America. It's 480 yards, and there are three... Creek's a wee little burn they call it in Scotland that runs through the course. So all he needs to do, according to the book, is hit three short irons and make three putts, and he wins. So what does Jean Van de Velde do when the book says take a short iron, hit it off the tee? He, of course, is feeling his oats. He's going to win the championship. He pulls out the driver. Now, what's the problem with the driver? You can hit it a long ways, but you don't always know which direction it's going to go. At least that's my problem. So he pushes it all the way to the Eiffel Tower, which is not a good direction. And he is way off course. Now, the book says, all right, it's only one shot. Take a short iron. Put it back in the fairway. Golf 101 says, take a short iron, hit it back into the fairway. Everyone watching on television says, take a short iron, hit it back on the fairway. What does Jean Velde do? He takes out a two-iron. Has anybody ever played golf with a two-iron? I don't even know what a two-iron looks like. To put it in perspective, if I were to have a two-iron... The only way that I would ever use it is if I were teeing it up on the beach and I was trying to hit into the ocean. That's about all I could do with that thing. He takes out his two iron and he hits it 240 yards, misses the green, hits the bleachers, and it falls into a marsh so deep you could hide a buffalo in it. Two shots. His next shot goes into the water. That's three shots plus a penalty. That's four shots. His next shot goes in the sand. That's five shots. And he's not even on the green yet. Finally, he takes a seven, which puts him in a playoff, which he promptly loses. Now, again, to put it all into perspective, that December in 1999, there is a company that sells putters. They wanted John Vandervelde to endorse their putter. So they said, we're going to take you back out to Carnesty. And we are going to have you use only your putter and see if you can make a six on the last hole. And on his third try, he does. Just using a putter. The point being, John Vandevelde knew the book. He trusted the book. He knew what he should have done, but he didn't do it. That's golf. But that's also life. We know the book. We have the book. We've heard the words in the book. Trust the book. But also obey it. Build your life on a solid foundation Hearing the words of God, trusting the words of God, and living out the words of God. Not what the world has to offer, which is only sand that is going to crumble when the storms of life will inevitably come. But there is nothing in this world, nothing in this life, that can destroy the foundation that Jesus Christ has built. Let me encourage you again, build your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Hear his words and obey them, and you will live forever. May God grant it for Jesus' sake.